Hey all welcome back to Data Driven Health Radio. I'm your host, Dave Korsunski. On this show, we want to teach you how to take a data-driven approach to your health. So we look at all of the latest technology, all of the researchers, speak to as many of the health experts as we can. First of all, to help you learn how to capture and quantify data on your health. Second, to learn how to interpret that data so you can use it for better health decision making. That's what we focus on on this show. That's also why we've created the Heads Up Health app, which will allow you to link up all of your health information into one place and use our tools to start to use that information for better health decision making. So if you haven't checked out our app yet, head over to headsuphealth.com. And now let's get into the next episode. Welcome to Data Driven Health Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Data Driven Health Radio. I'm your host, Dave Korsunski. Today with me, I have Len May, who is with a company called Endocana, and I got connected to Len recently, and I'm extremely excited about his company and what they're bringing to market. We've had several episodes on the show over the last few months that are now starting to look at this very exciting world of genetic testing and how that is becoming available to the everyday individual who wants to understand more about how to optimize their health by understanding their genomics. And this is a unique spin on some of the previous episodes we've had. It's just another way that we can start to apply genomic information. In this case, we're going to be talking about the application of personalized genomics in the context of medicinal cannabis. And then Len is going to take us into another or into some of the other future directions that his company would like to go with the products they've brought to market. So Len, thank you for joining Data Driven Health Radio. I think everyone is going to love the topic today. And give us a brief introduction on yourself. Where are you from? How'd you get into this business? A little bit about the company and then we'll just start firing away the questions. Cool. Thanks, Dave. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, you know, my background is I'm uh, originally from Philly. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in Philadelphia, and the, how I got into the cannabis space is basically as a patient. So in my early teens, I was diagnosed with ADD, and I was put on all kinds of different prescription medication, and uh, they all sucked. Some of them did work, but they all sucked. They made me feel awful. Yep. And uh, by accident, we were hanging out with some older kids. We were dabbling in smoking cigarettes. And one of the kids like, hey, you want a drag of this cigarette? So he gave me a cigarette. I took a drag of it. And uh, after I got done coughing, it ended up being not a cigarette. It was uh, <laughs> cannabis. So yeah. I had a profound experience. I went back to class. And uh, the kind of ADD that I have is sort of uh, the dreamy one. I don't have the hyperactive part, but mm-hmm. it's all and things, all these thoughts are popping in my head all the time, and it's really difficult for me to slow things down. Yep. So this actually allowed me to go back in, in class, and the world slowed down so I can kind of focus. Yep. So I became my go-to medicine. And in doing that, I really never realized 
that it was a medicine for other people, except when I had an experience. So I used to be uh, the president of the Cannabis Action Network. So I was an activist and I held a rally at Independence Hall in Philadelphia. What, 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 when are we talking about here, Lynn? Like what, what approximately what year is this? Is uh, 1993, maybe? Man, so you're, so you're, you're, you're way out on the bleeding edge, man. Decades before this whole movement has actually taken hold, you were out there banging the drum. I, I think they call it an OG. Yeah, I, you are absolutely the OG. Yes. OG Lynn is, is how I'm going to refer to you now for the rest of the show. I'll take it. Yeah. So, so we had a, so I had a rally and, uh, in Independence Hall, which is federal property, where the Constitution is, the Declaration of Independence. By the way, all those documents are written on hand paper. Yep. And keynote speaker was this lady, a lady named Elvi Musica. Elvi mm-hmm. was one of the first people to get prescribed federal cannabis under the NIDA program. Uh, your listeners may not be aware of it, but the federal government had a program where they cultivated cannabis in the University of Mississippi and allowed patients to have that for the medical conditions. So let me jump in right there. Give, give, give us that woman's name again and the program that, that she was a part of. Yeah, Elvy, E-L-V-Y, Musika, M-U-S-I-K-K-A, if I'm not mistaken. And the so, program? Uh, under NIDA, N-I-D-A. Cool, okay. I hadn't heard of that before. Yeah, and that program, uh, so the, you cult, uh, the federal government cultivates cannabis in University of Mississippi. Uh, they send it to a location to roll these uh, cannabis into little cigarettes. Uh, there's a USDA label on it. It comes in a, in a tin. And LV was able to open this tin up, take out her pre-rolled cigarette joint, uh, and light up in front of federal rangers. And because it was legal for her under the federal program, nothing happened. So yep. I had a profound experience the next day. I was like, oh, okay, we're close to legalization. Since this is the 1990s, you know, uh, it took some time for Pennsylvania to really realize it. But, you know, I think uh, the seeds were planted at that time. Yes. My, so my experience, uh, the next morning, everybody crashed in my house and we got woken up to a loud noise. So Elvie happened to walk into a, a sculpture that I had in my house and broke it into pieces. And the reason why is because she's legally blind. She has degenerative glaucoma mm-hmm. and she can't see. So my experience was when I saw her medicating with cannabis and she was able to see again, I realized that this is a medicine that wasn't just for me, but it was for other people. So that was her use case then was for the glaucoma and this allowed her to actually restore some vision. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. So it, it, what it happens is it actually relaxes some of the nerves that uh, happen to uh, affect her degenerative glaucoma and she's able to relax them and is able to see. She, I mean, she still has to wear yeah. glasses, but she's able to see and not completely blind. This has been her medicine, uh, you know, for 40 years already. Yeah. So, uh, and that, that became, began my journey uh, to really get into the cannabis space as much as I could. Yep. Pennsylvania not being legal, so having to move to uh, Los Angeles and getting into the business the best way that I knew how, which was in the dispensary space. So that's kind of how I started really understanding uh, the different types of profiles and working with people who are taking cannabis for whatever various reasons. Awesome. You know, going that far back, I mean, it, it was just way ahead of its time. And uh, that, that's really fascinating information about LV and uh, her application of it all. 
fast forward now 20 years and, and now you're working on bringing testing to market that is able to help a lot of people further personalize. And I think that's, that's something that a lot of people are, are, are not familiar with. So that's probably a good segue into your, your current venture. So tell us about what you're working on now. Yeah, so uh, our company is called Endocana Health. Yep. And, you know, one of the things that we, uh, we experienced in, this, uh, in my journey is that uh, when, I was, when I was exposed to all these different chemo strains of cannabis, yep. we then uh, recommend or suggest that people uh, consume this sort of medicine that's right for them. And I started realizing anecdotally that people started having different experiences with the same kind of uh, profile. Not surprisingly, like any medication, I'm sure. Exactly. But I don't think every medication goes through an alignment of your uh, genetic expression. Exactly. Your DNA aligns with your personal experience. Mm -hmm. We decided to take about almost two years and research every single gene or SNP that has a direct or indirect association with your endocannabinoid system. That's so, no small undertaking. Uh, it's, it's, a very, it's a very heavy lift, but, and it's an ongoing lift because in order for us to do this right, we needed to uh, know that the science is not 100% there yet, but it's, it's moving at a rapid speed. So our development efforts have to include uh, some AI, artificial mm -hmm. intelligence, and deep learning, so we can kind of look at new data that's coming out, make a determination whether to include that, yep. and provide that and serve it up as a part of an updated report for people on an ongoing basis. So that's kind of what, what, we, uh, what we build out. Okay, so let's just unpack that because there's a lot of stuff there. So uh, for those who are listening, we, we've had a, a few discussions on the show already about how an individual can have their own personalized genomics run, and that's going to help you understand your unique genetic footprint, the mutations that you have specific to you. Uh, we previously had Alex Swanson on the show from Nutrition Genome. His company is looking at how to tailor your nutrition plan based on your genomics. There are other companies out there that can help you understand certain prescription medications that you should or should not take based on your genomics. So your company went out and said, okay, let's look at all of the uh, SNPs that we are aware of, genetic SNPs that we are aware of that, that pertain to the application of cannabis products. That, as you said, probably took a couple years. Now you've got this, this baseline of knowledge developed that you can start to use as part of your company's protocols. And then you are able to allow people, I guess this is kind of just leading into the next step, but uh, when you and I spoke, you can either take your 23andMe data, which a lot of people have, or you can order the test directly from you guys. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. We, uh, we, we came up with a direct-to-consumer kit, mm -hmm. basically, uh, very similar to a 23andMe or Ancestry, except we have a buckle swab. Big Q-tip, you swab the inside of your mouth, uh, put it back in the box, and mail it over to our lab. And then we'll genetically sequence that and provide you a report. Uh, I just want to kind of uh, fill in one little gap that you said. So it's, it's not just specific to cannabis per se. Yep. It has a lot to do with your endocannabinoid system. Understood. Your endocannabinoid system is your modulating regulated, regulatory system. Multifaceted. It touches all systems, many, many systems in the body. 
Yeah, so immune, I, neurotransmitter, all kinds. So, so that's those were the SNPs you're looking at, which yes. is the much bigger endocannabinoid system. Okay, exactly. That's cool. so not just, and then and then the trick was, and this is what also took a lot of time. Now that we have all these SNPs and we know that they have affecting the endocannabinoid system, what do people use cannabis for, and which one of those symptomatic conditions uh, are affected by a genetic expression? So we came up with eight different symptomatic conditions. Yep include anxiety, pain, uh, sleep, metabolism, dependence, cognitive function, depression, and psychosis. Yes. You're able to serve up information based on an optimal ratio of cannabinoids and terpenes, and I can explain what those are as well, uh, that will be appropriate for uh, somebody uh, that wants to address one of those symptomatic conditions. Mm-hmm. So, one of those, uh, so we can mitigate the expression of some of those genes showing up negatively. So triggering yep. anxiety or triggering, uh, you know, a depressive state, uh, yep. one of those markers was affected. So that's kind of how we uh, created this whole uh, test. So step one is you guys had to go do all the baseline research to understand genomics related to the endocannabinoid system. That lays the foundation for what you guys want to do. Step two is an individual needs to have some personalized genetic report run. If you got your 23 and me, did it great. If not, you can go order the test from you guys. Then it's going to be dependent on a specific uh, use case that a person is interested in addressing. Some of the ones you described, anxiety, sleep disorders, mood regulation, etc. And then there, uh, and I'm, uh, and then there would be a set of recommendations made based on your genetic profile, what you're trying to achieve, and, and which products are going to be best suited to that individual's goals. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, correct. Uh, we want, the only thing is uh, we want to be careful with our language. Yep. The reason why is because we're not FDA approved yet. Yep. Uh, we, this is for research. This is to empower the user to yep. understand their own genetics. So instead of recommendations, we say suggestions. Yep. But you're absolutely right. It's, uh, you hit the nail on the head. The other thing that I wanted to kind of fill in is that we can use 23andMe, Ancestry, any raw data that, yep. that, that's been out there for any test, but we're only as good as the version of the array that they used. Meaning, Understood. Yeah, the earlier versions of 23andMe may have more SNP coverage than the latter versions, so I just want to make sure that everybody's aware of that. Uh, yeah, I think there was a cutoff date somewhere in 2017 where um, the SNP coverage changed. Correct. Yeah. Prior okay. to them getting FDA approval. You're right. Yeah. So I think mine's pre-2017, so I should be covered there. But if you did get your 23andMe data, some of it will depend on when that specific test was done. Correct. And so we've talked a lot on this show already about the endocannabinoid system. So I, 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 I think some people might be familiar with it. But before we go to the next steps, Maybe you could just lay some groundwork on what the heck that even means for people who didn't catch some of our earlier shows. Yeah, and not to geek out way too science-y, uh, I try to keep it at a high level because it's yep. a primary regulatory system. And as you said, uh, David, it regulates so many different things within your bodies uh, uh, besides you know, metabolic function, uh, uh, digestive, immune, all these different things. So, uh, But the one thing that I really want to convey to people is that Everybody's born with this endocannabinoid system, and our body actually produces our own endogenous endocannabinoids, anandamide, uh, yes. which is also called, called the bliss hormone, 2-AG, et cetera. And what happens is uh, our bodies 
uh, because it's, it's a modulator. So it regulates postsynaptically and gets signals from our bodies and then provides a sense that signal up the neurotransmitter postsynaptically and then modulates and regulates different functions within our bodies. But what happens is because of lifestyle, usually stress, lack of sleep, uh, nutrition, all these different things, we start creating deficiencies in our own endogenous endocannabinoids. Mm-hmm. And what happens is uh, there, our immune system responds differently. So we can have an overactive immune response, an underactive immune response, because we don't have uh, enough or we have deficiency in our own natural producing endocannabinoids. So we were lucky that we found this plant, uh, cannabis, it's not the only plant that has terpenes and cannabinoids, but it's the only plant in nature that has all the cannabinoids and terpenes that actually mimic the way their own natural uh, endogenous and cannabinoids work. And we have receptor sites built into our body, CB1 receptors, CB2 receptors, that actually uh, are attracted or attached or turned on by those phytocannabinoids that come from the plant. So yep. if you think about, you know, CB1, uh, just to make it really easy, CB1, you think about central nervous system and THC. So mm-hmm. THC binds to the CB1 receptors. Mm-hmm. Uh, CB2, it's activated through enzymes uh, by CBD, cannabidiol, which is a, another cannabis, cannabinoid in the cannabis plant. And that has a lot to do with your immune and digestive modulation. So that's how the uh, endocannabinoid system works, and that's how phytocannabinoids actually work to be able to address those deficiencies in how our body uh, provides those endogenous endocannabinoids in the first place. Yeah, one of the probably one of the most powerful medicinal plants that 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 is known to man. Absolutely, is, is how uh, Dr. Blair described it on one of our previous shows. Love it. Cool. So, tell us then as a next step how an individual would go to their local dispensary, for example. And I know this is going to depend on the state because some states uh, are able to publish more information about a given medicinal product than other states. And so, for example, you may walk in and and be able to get a terpene profile on a a particular product and in another place you might not. So what what should one do then with this information to match up the best medicine once they're ready to take that step. Yeah, so we have a suggested wellness plan. A suggested wellness plan will provide you a cannabinoid terpene profile that's more uh, optimal to your needs and a product suggestion engine that we're building now, depending on where you're located. Mm -hmm. So perhaps you're right. These states have not instituted uh, these requirements for testing. So you may have and also, it's state-to-state specific on THC. So if you're in California, where I am, uh, you can pretty much go to a dispensary. You can go to a delivery service. You can go to a manufacturer's website. Yep. Recreational can, use, good to go. You can put in your zip code and say, okay, there's a dispensary down the street from me that has exactly the products I need. Yep. If you're in Florida, well, you have certain uh, licensed producers there. 14 of them that are vertically integrated and maybe only six of them actually test for terpenes. So you may have a 50% match. So all mm-hmm. you have is a cannabinoid ratio and you're not sure which terpenes are included in that. So yep. you have to do a little bit of more investigation. Yep. In New York, 
it's medicinal and you may have to go to a doctor. So it all depends. We'll give you the exact profile. We'll gotcha. So you'll give you the profile and then, and then some, and you can go start to look at where it might be available. And for those who don't know what terpenes are, just you, you can check back on our interview with uh, Steve Ottersberg. And we, we did a whole show on what terpenes mean, not just within cannabis, but within the entire plant spectrum. So if you're not familiar with that term, we, we break it down in one of the previous episodes. But to summarize, Len, my understanding is, is you'll provide the profile to say this is what we recommend in, in terms of the um, cannabinoid and, and terpene profile that we think will work best for you based on our analysis, based on your, your specific condition. Then you can also help people in, within their state find places that may be able to supply said profile. And then you can start to match, match from there and try to get what you're looking for. Am I understanding that right? Absolutely correct. <clears throat> and also, we try to take the guesswork out, meaning that even if you don't have specific products, you can go with your suggested ratio to a dispensary. Yep. Ask them, uh, say, uh, you know, which products do you have that match this specific profile? So you don't have to kind of guess and see. You can hone in a little bit closer to exactly what your, what your suggested ratio products are. You know, one of the reasons I love this so much, Lynn, is because I'm obviously a huge personal advocate of uh, medicinal cannabis products. I have, um, I, I have them with me at 24-7 in my bag. I take them every day, usually just straight CBD for most of the time, but I use other applications as well. There's a lot of uh, autoimmune in my family, and they have been helpful there as well. Uh, there has been some uh, cancer that's hit pretty close to home where it's become very relevant. So I'm, I'm a huge advocate of this. However, um, one reason I was intrigued by, by this is because a lot of people have an adverse reaction when, when they, because they want to try it. Everybody's, everybody's excited about this. And, you know, my stepmom, bless her heart, she tries it and just has a crappy experience. And, and, my old man and I are, are, are the complete opposite and, and it works this exact same product in, in this even uh, same dosages is, is affecting three people in the household completely differently. One of them very adversely and that's creating a negative perception. And so are there, are there genetic SNPs that would help someone understand why they are responding poorly in terms of like, maybe they're just a poor metabolizer of this. So like, what kinds of things might show up that would help someone understand why they maybe didn't have a great experience on the first go around? Yeah, it's, it's exactly what happens all the time. They say, you talk to people and I had these experiences so many times and somebody says, yeah, it's not for me. I'm like, why? Yeah. Well, it gives me anxiety. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you consume? Uh, yeah. Don't know. Well, the yeah. first thing you should do is you should know what you put into your body yeah. if at all possible. The second thing is there are genes that have a specific association with anxiety. Mm -hmm. so, and I'll give you two separate examples. You mentioned metabolism. And I'll give you that one. I'll, I'll talk about anxiety because that seems to be one of the first things that people say, I can't use it for. It makes me paranoid. It gives me anxiety. Well, there are genes, uh, specific SNPs like FAAH, FA, and if you have a certain polymorphism, a certain genotype, uh, you may be more likely to experience anxiety in a threatening situation. But what really happens is you have, and I mentioned anandamide, you have lower uh, basal levels of anandamide uh, and you have more cortisol that's released in your bloodstream. So it gives that kind of fight or flight uh, yep. feeling. And what, ha what exacerbates that 
among other things, is THC. Yep. So not only are you in a stressful, uh, you know, uh, you're predisposed already to anxiety, and then THC just makes it worse. Absolutely, and also there's terpene profiles like limonene that uh, are are present in uh, sativa dominant kind of hybrids. Yeah, and limonene can also trigger serotonin and cortisol. So if you're consuming the wrong type of formulation, it can exacerbate and trigger that gene to express itself. Now you have anxiety. You say, "Well, I can't take that stuff. It's not for me." And you guys shouldn't take it either because it can make, create anxiety. So yep. if you know this about yourself before you consume, titrate down on the amount of THC, uh, increase your CBD because CBD is an uptake inhibitor and modify your terpene profile. Instead of a limonene, include linalool and linalool is also found in lavender, for instance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very calming terpene and it works synergistically really well with those cannabinoids to give you a much more calming experience. So now that you've consumed that, you will have a much better experience. You most likely will not trigger that gene and you, you know, you'll be in a much better position. Uh, that, that, that right there, that is the money shot of this whole show is like just that use case is like why I wanted you to come on here is just to explain how all of these pieces fit together. And, and you can go out and try 20 different strains and have a shitty experience on all of them and say, this isn't for me. And it's not because the products don't work. It's because exactly like you described, you're predisposed already to some condition. You took the wrong product. It made it worse. Yeah. So, and and uh, the one other thing that I wanted to mention, you mentioned metabolism. So yeah. I've over the last few years, I've had so many calls of people call me up and saying, Oh my God, I'm dying. I ate this edible. I had this chocolate. I'm dying. I'm like, well, you know what? You'll be the very first person. So, yeah. you know, maybe we'll make a use case out of it, but you're yeah. not going to die. There'll uh, be some celebrity status there, regardless of the outcome. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe, yeah, maybe there'll be a story with us. But yeah. the point that I, I want to make on this is we all have a different metabolic function. And if you're predisposed and you have some uh, genetic predisposition or you're a slow metabolizer and you're consuming an edible, well, guess what? It's first of all, it's a long, longer onset. Yep. Liver is going to convert THC to a different substance that's more powerful than THC. So you're going to consume probably more and it'll last longer. It'll be a much more intense experience. So if you know this about yourself, either consume less or if you consume the same exact profile, but you consume it sublingually, on yep. your tongue, you'll bypass your digestive system and you'll have a really great experience. So those are the other things that we uh, uh, make sure that people understand. Well, it's like uh, some people who are highly sensitive to caffeine. It's just they're, they're a very slow metabolizer of coffee. You know, I can have 10 cups of coffee and go to bed. And other people, they, they have one or, and they get the jitters and they're good for the whole day. It's just how, how your unique body, which is regulated by certain genes, metabolizes caffeine. This is no different when you're using these other plant-based modalities. And that's why I think this whole ability for us now as consumers, I, I, I don't have to go to my general practitioner or make an appointment to see the doctor to order this stuff. I can do it myself. Chances are I could, I could go to the doctor and ask him about a genetic test for cannabis and, and, and they wouldn't even know what the hell I'm talking about. So that's the beautiful thing about where healthcare is going is it's just uh, individuals now can order a simple test from an amazing company like yours and get a beautiful report 
They've done all of the research for you and they put it together in very simple, understandable terms. I don't know what you guys charge. How much is the test if you got to order it yourself? Uh, so the, it retails for $199. Yep. The raw data test is $49.95. 50 bucks, 200 bucks. You get the full breakdown on your own genomics, exactly how to do this stuff. You don't have to fuss with doctors. You're, you're going to have more knowledge about how your body works, quite frankly, than your doctor does. You're going to be more educated on how to use these incredibly powerful medicinal plants, even than your doctor, even if they have some cursor understanding of medicinal cannabis. So, man, that's why I'm so excited about where, I don't know what you want to call it, but just where healthcare is going in, in the next little while. It's just amazing access to information that we as, as individuals now have at our fingertips, plus access legally to these incredibly powerful products. So it's just incredibly exciting. Yeah, I think one of the things you brought up, I want to just kind of piggyback on a little bit. We just came back from CES. Yep. This helps yep. So you hit the nail on the head. The theme of the show was how do we get the patient out of the hospital and give them an experience in their own home? How mm -hmm. do we empower the individual to make better decisions for themselves? So this is one of the tools. You're, we're not here to replace your doctor. We're here to empower your doctor, your doctor who went to medical school more than 10 years ago, never knew the endocannabinoid system even existed. So yep. by coming with a report to your doctor, you can have a meaningful educated conversation with your doctor. Absolutely. Your own personal endocannabinoid system, make sure that doctor's on board with you. And if your doctor is not, and they're still saying, well, you know, cannabis is the devil's lettuce, maybe it's uh, something you should consider making a switch uh, to a yeah. doctor. It's, uh, you know, in this century. So yeah. that's what we want to do is, is work together with our healthcare professionals. Yeah, that's amazing. To take control of their own, their own healthcare. Len, by any chance, is there a um, publicly referenceable sample report that we could include in the show notes that's, that just doesn't have, uh, obviously not from an individual, but do you guys have something we could link to in the show notes? So if you're listening and you want to know what you get, I'm sure you could find it on your website, but we'd also love to link to it on the podcast show notes here. So I'll give you, uh, I'll give you something that's a sample. This is the reason why we don't have sample reports is because we're very, very concerned about security. Yep. Security is a major, major thing, and that's what a lot of people say, I have taken my genetic test because I don't want my data to go anywhere else. So mm -hmm. uh, what we did was we uh, created an uh, anonymized system. Mm -hmm. so personal information resides on one server. Your DNA resides on a different server. Uh, there's a, there's a, a key code that's associated with each and they're both encrypted. So when we pull a report, it is an individual report. We're HIPAA compliant. So yep. the report dynamically. Mm -hmm. So I, think I understand. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. But that's, that's why we try to keep uh, privacy, but we, I can give you screenshots of a report to give an idea of what it looks like for sure. Okay. That sounds cool. All right. Well, this is amazing, Lynn. I know that uh, I've got to upload my raw data to, tw to your system. I also want to get my own kit run because I just think it will help me better understand and, and recommend your, your products and services. So we've, we've got that on the docket. I know our two companies are still exploring ways we could potentially collaborate because it would be very helpful to have your report and then to use a specific medicinal product and then look at that in the context of one's larger health. So are those markers of disease getting better? Are the markers of inflammation coming down? So I think that's where it's interesting between where we can actually provide additional information to help this become 
part of the bigger picture. So I'm really excited about what Heads of Health can do with uh, Indocana. Maybe uh, as, we, uh, as we wrap up here, you can tell us about some of the directions that you'd like to go in the future with this technology. Yeah, there's, there's a couple things. So we've signed a partnership with a company in Australia called WART, W-A-R-D, Medical Management, mm-hmm. and we're doing six clinical trials. And this is where you know, our relationship can really come to fruition because there's a lot of different markers, as you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, inflammation markers, et cetera, that will show. So, so people ask, how do I know my CBD, my cannabidiol is working? Exactly. Yeah, well, you know, are you feeling better? Yeah, but you know, that can be placebo. So we can actually look at specific markers like inflammation markers you mentioned, uh, other markers within your body to show Blood you. Blood sugar markers, diabetes markers, uh, whatever the case might be, whatever the uh, medical condition is. Exactly. So, that's, so the future is uh, we're going to sequence the full genome. We're going to buy a bank, and as research comes on board, we're going to be able to show you a full picture of how different cannabinoids are working to address a lot of those markers that you already mentioned. So a reduction in some of those things, and you can show that it's working. The other thing is we want to focus on drug-to-drug interaction. Mm-hmm. This big thing that is really, really important, especially absolutely with CBD. I mean, you can buy your CBD on Amazon. Nobody knows what they're putting in their bodies. Nobody knows the quality that you're getting. And uh, I've had so many people say, you know what? I'm on my SSRI. I'm on my antidepressant, um, uh, anti-anxiety medication. I'm going to consume CBD with it so I can start getting off. And CBD is an uptake inhibitor. It can inhibit and reduce the efficacy of your prescription medication. So this is a really important point. Yeah. So speak to your healthcare professional. There's a way to stagger the consumption of those medications with CBD and still get the effect. But if you're consuming those together, it may reduce the efficacy of your prescription medication. It's one thing to reduce the efficacy of your antidepressant medication, but mm-hmm. if you're on a blood thinner like Warfarin. It'll actually, it may affect the efficacy of your blood thinner and can cause some other harm. So we, our goal is to practice harm reduction. Mm-hmm. It's to give you, like, this is the analogy I use. We are like your GPS. Mm-hmm. Show you this is the optimal road that you should take. This one over here has a traffic jam on it. This one has construction. This one is a better road. It doesn't guarantee there's not going to be some potholes along the way, but our goal is to be able to learn from the experiences that people get observationally and modify our reports, our studies to give you a better route to consume, you know, cannabis, cannabinoids, terpenes, and everything else that goes with it, and just plant medicine all together and to take some of the things that you're doing and put in nutrition and put in your your other uh, your lifestyle and all these other things that can give you a very, very complete picture on your own personal health and can empower you to be, uh, you know, more responsible for your own healthcare. And that's your mutual goal. Yep. Agreed. I think that's vitally important. And like you said, all the more reason to have the report work with whichever healthcare professional you choose, especially if you're using some of the prescription drugs that may have, effects. I mean, I know there's research now on how cannabis can be used with opioid addiction, specifically because it can start to bind to some of those receptors that opioids bind to, and and that can help you titrate off medications, for example. 
in other cases, like you said, you have to be careful because it might reduce the, the efficacy of something that, that you vitally need to have working in your body. So really, really important to make sure that you understand all of the interactions there for sure. So that's a really important point. You brought up a great point, and we have a lot of pain management uh, physicians that are using this test. Yep. Uh, things. So opioids are, are a huge, huge issue. And here's there's a couple of things that our tests will be able to address. Number one, and you're right, by the way, THC binds to the same receptor sites as opioids do. It's the CB1 receptors. Mm -hmm. It works as an analgesic, so does THC sometimes. And uh, but uh, so so you're absolutely right about that. But here's so our test can show you a couple of things. Number one, whether you have a predisposed dependence to opioids. Number Interesting. Two, whether you will have a... So that would be a situation where if you know that going in, don't give me that shit, doc. I've got a, I've got a predisposition. I know that. I have tested that. That's incredibly helpful. Exactly. 100%. You're right on. Or, or it may help people who are already struggling with addiction. And, and, and that can help you understand, hey, this, this is a genetic predisposition I have. This is not related to me as a person or to my, my ability to control or regulate all of the shame that comes with addiction. If you know you have this predisposition, it's like that's, that's a huge part of, of why you're struggling. That can be a really important point. Uh, piece of information on the path to treatment and recovery. You're absolutely 100% right. And, and also, we can show you that you may have some negative side effects more than the average population from the opiate as well. I was on a, a show with a, an ex-NFL player, and I did his results right live on the air. And I, I said, well, this shows that you can have some negative connotations or reactions to opioids. He goes, I took it a couple of times during my career. I had the worst possible reaction you can imagine, and I shifted to cannabis. And when I did, I've never had another negative reaction wow. the rest of my career uh, using cannabis as my medicine. So this is so. And, and, the, and the missing link was, wow, there's this. Now he understands the missing link of why he responded that way. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's really, really. So, so we want to use this as a tool and we want doctors to use this because I heard a story. There was a, there was a group of people uh, and somebody was uh, taking an opioid. They, they all took opioids together and there was four of them and three of them, you know, liked the experience. And the fourth one said, as soon as I took an opioid, I fell in love with it. This mm -hmm. was my life. I loved it more than my wife, my kids, anything else in my life. And that person had the predisposition gene to dependence where the other people didn't. So that's where it makes so much sense to be able to know this up front before you're actually. Oh man, this is just where all of this testing becomes so vitally important. I mean, just being armed with this information before you go through the trials and tribulations of life, man, it's like can save you so much grief down the road. It's like, oh shit, I wish I knew that five years ago. But like, it's just not part of the way we do a traditional med medicine here. If you could go for your routine physical and they're going to say, we're going to pre-screen all your genetics and help you understand what to avoid and, and, and what to pursue based on what we know about your genomics, that is, that is really such an important piece of the puzzle that, that's just really starting to, to come to fruition. Yep. Awesome. All right, Lynn. Well, this has been amazing. I suspect that we will have more to talk about. So this could be uh, the first appearance uh, of, of, of perhaps more than one because this is just such a fascinating area, so relevant to why we exist at Heads Up Health as well. So I think we're mission aligned. And uh, 
there's probably a lot more that we have to talk about. But I think this was a really great first start. Just sum it up for people in how to find you guys, how to get started, anything else you want to leave for the listeners here about your company and, and, and what they should know. Yeah, so you can go to endocanahealth.com. Uh, you can order uh, your kits. You can send an email with any questions. Uh, I mean, the only thing that I want to leave is that we are – we are aligned with Heads Up Health on our overall mission to empower people to take control over their own healthcare. Uh, we're on a cutting edge, and you know there's a lot of questions about science and everything else. So everybody's there's not enough research, but the research is being done now. So the thing that I want to empower people with is go out and conduct the research, uh, push for this to to really become something that we can do a lot more human trials on because this is an amazing plant that's been used for uh, centuries, yeah. thousands of years. Uh, and right now we're on the cutting edge of understanding how this plant works with the individual bodies and the, and the cannabinoid systems. So the only thing I would say is go out, uh, push for research. There's over 15,000 articles on PubMed alone about cannabis. Read that. Uh, look at the report and uh, understand that you know you are empowered uh, by using all these different tools. Uh, and the, the future of this of medicine, I think, is collaborative. Mm -hmm. You and your healthcare professional are working in conjunction together to be able to address you know your your own personalized needs. So that's kind of you know what I want to leave everybody with. Uh, I really appreciate this opportunity. Anytime I get a platform like this, uh, very knowledgeable, maybe do an amazing job. You know your stuff really well, and I just appreciate it. And I'm grateful for the opportunity. So thank you. Thanks, Lynn. Take it easy, man. Appreciate you your time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Data Driven Health Radio.